cozy in my big red chair watching 30 Rocks. <laughs> and then you're like, hey, oh, I can go at the original time, which is in six minutes from now. <laughs> well, who knew the 405 would be uh, quite as open as it was? Because I had to drive down to Culver City and then drive back up. I drove down uh, to go to the Ripped Bodice to grab uh, a pile of um, romance novels and a couple of cowboy books for my gr- great aunt. Oh. And... Um, is that the Armenian aunt? Yeah, my uh, Alice Cation. Uh, she's ninety-three. She likes uh, sex books. She likes uh, she likes a cowboy book. She likes a strong cowboy, oh. but modern. Sure, modern cowboy romance books. I was like, we can call them whatever you like, Aunt Alice. I don't care. How um, is the Rip Bodice doing? Um, bookstores, of course, are struggling right now. Yeah, so the ripped, uh, like, uh, I saved like 20 bucks or 15 bucks by going down there. And then I spent that 15, 20 bucks on several more books. I was the only person in the bookstore. And um, I said, you know, I'm just, I'm glad that they were there. And they said that they're doing okay. You know, they're just, you know, they're, they're doing what everybody's doing. They're kind of treading water. And, but they, they don't, they said that it's working okay. All right. That's Which is good because they had a stage. Yeah. Aaron, I mean, Aaron Judge was running that show out of there. Oh, very fun shows. Great audiences. Like uh, she found she would get 40 people in a fucking bookstore in Culver City, you know? Yeah. Great. And it had a really nice setup. For yeah. stage and everything too, which is and cool. They always had a cookie or a treat for the mm-hmm. comedian, which um, everyone should have a treat for your the comics. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, man. Come on, man. We did it. We did a real nice show the other night, that New York City show. Uh, panic attacking. Yeah, panic yeah, attacking with with Andrew and Steve Stephen Rogers. Yeah. And Andrew, oh, I've spaced his last name. Sorry, man. Um, Stephen Rogers, I know because he also opens for Brian Regan, or used to. Oh, cool! Right on. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was surprisingly fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did a nice job. And uh, it was goofy. And your new stuff is working. I tried oh, my thanks. one new line. Yeah. What was your one new line? It was, it's, uh, it's, I'm, you know, I'm, well, since I have six months, I'm like, well, why don't you just go back and tighten everything up again and try to find more punchlines? It was the, it's the, the gender bit. Um, or no, I think it's the Peter Tingle sex bit. Mm-hmm about sexuality, not gender. And then um, I just had one new line in it that didn't work very well. So I tried it again today and it worked, as you can imagine, slightly better. <laughs> as is the nature of stand-up comedy. But it was nice. There were like 65 people at my Sunday show today. Oh my God. How, so yeah. how, are you, uh, how are you feeling? You, were, you had such a fixed goal for so many months. And now you don't. That's well, and, and, and then Andy was like, well, you should just write separate set lists and work. And I was like, 
yeah, that's far too sane for how depressed I am right now. And, uh, and so today I was like, okay, so write a set list and work on that set list. And then instead I invited a lot of people to do guest sets and then just did my favorite 3540 that I wanted to do. I worked on, I worked on the, the two of the older, um, I worked on the sky club bit and the, Oh yeah. And remember that old, I love that one. Yeah, that that and the pushing the old man. Yeah, in the store. In the store, I worked on those two. I love Agro Jackie in your ass. Um, that's my favorite Jackie. Yes, yes, Definitely it's uh, yelling at them. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it was nice though. Guy Branham um, was really funny. He did a guest set today, and I told him he could come back next week because he he was like, well, I could I could go out, and I was like. Yeah, you can you can do another ten next week if you want. Right. Wrap up. So <laughs> that's where. And that's then it was Madison Madison Shepherd, comic of the week. Taya Lux, yes. comic of the week. Yeah, who was this? Oh, Taya. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. And then um, and then Ashley uh, Gutenmurth Gutenmuth Guter Gutermuth, and she's New York comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, does she was telling me about the Stress Factory. She lives in Jersey. Oh. And Vinny, I guess, has a tent. Oh. And he's doing COVID shows. And I was like, shows where you get COVID? What is he doing? And uh and she well, was is, like, it, is it just a cover or is it, it doesn't have sides, does it? It can't. It's gotta be it's it gotta better be. it better be open. She said he's got heaters and stuff, so but he's it's doing full shows. I mean, you know, okay. She said Jim Brewer's doing a lot of sets. um yeah i canceled my live shows last weekend the thanksgiving i was was relieved thanksgiving yeah i was as relieved when your shit canceled quite frankly because i came at wisconsin and it was in terms of like covid colors it was the darkest possible red and i was like how are you how are you going to be safe on a plane out there running in between droplets It'd be yeah. like trying it's like trying to go out in the rain and not get wet without an umbrella. Right. I, and I wasn't too worried about the shows, um, but the the travel started to really stress me out. Like, obviously, I wasn't going to fly, so I'm going to drive eight hours, seven hours, whatever. And um, and then I'm like, I'm I'm stopping. I'm in I'm in gas stations. I'm in the inside the AMPM getting coffee with people <laughs> who are also traveling, which means. You know, first of all, I'm traveling. Of course, it doesn't, you know, I'm smart. It doesn't matter. But these dum-dums traveling, who knows where the fuck they've been. Right. They're making a terrible decision. They're not like me going to a comedy show. All right? <laughs> They're going to their families like fucking assholes. <laughs> and same with the plane. Did you see that graphic, that gif of yellow planes flying all over the United States on Thanksgiving? Yeah. I going, there's... There, I, I would watch one of the planes leaving Florida and then somehow landing in the Bay Area. And I'm like, they're going to drive right to my fucking hotel and stay with me. <laughs> I'm going to bump into right. some people on the strip inadvertently. And even though I got a cooler and I was going to bring sandwiches and just eat out of my car, you know, at some point I'm like, oh, fucking going to Jersey Mike's. And that's when I get it, right? Right. That weekend, I'm just saying that weekend, all the amateurs are traveling. They're all right. out. Right? right. You might as well drive on New Year's Eve. It's um, yes. it's, 
Yeah, it's terrible. But I did I did look up, I saw that GIF and I thought, how many people are traveling? And it was literally, a, a I guess, last year's same dates, uh, 2.5 million people flew. Mm-hmm. This year, 1.2 million. So a lot less, but that's still uh, 1.2 million too many. Right. So uh, we canceled our outdoor, like these are people that we have that are sort of in her pod, right? Um, but we were all coming from different, pl- like Andy's cousin and his husband were coming from, from San Francisco. We were coming from LA and then our nephew and his girlfriend are coming from Bakersfield. That's the real problem because he is a, he's a sales, he sells, uh, he, he, he works in cell phone sales. This kid, this yeah. very nice young man, Thomas. So he's like out of a license store and people are coming in. Yeah. Yeah. People, too many people. And I was like, yeah, he's, he's the weak link. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the rest of us all work from home yeah. and, um, but we all canceled. And so we didn't go anywhere on Thursday. We stayed home. But then on Friday, we did our normal once a week drive up to Andy's mom's yeah, and be in the backyard kind of thing. And we stopped at an AM PM. And you. Uh, Those are my I, favorites. I love I love whatever the. the and I got coffee because I wanted. Uh, no, I whatever. But there were too many people. I left. I was oh, like, really? I was crawling with humanity. And I yeah. was like, uh, no. It's not happening. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, the shows, I, I thought if I lived in the Bay Area, I would drive to both of these shows and then go home to my home and my food, and that would be fine. It, so, I would, although, you know, it's, they were both at wineries. So, you know, there's a little worry of people getting kind of, kind of not necessarily hammered, but a little just less strict with themselves, right? They're a little yeah. bug. Yeah. And, you loosen up. You and loosen I remember, up. like, you know, usually I don't hate the audience, right? <laughs> like, like, even when they're bad, I'm like, there's some good people in here, whatever. But I remember this one time I was like six months pregnant and I flew to Alaska from New York to do Chilku Charlie's. And, right. And uh, so this is 2006. So people are smoking in the in the club and, I, and I'm visibly pregnant. Right. Right. Before I even mention it, you know I'm pregnant, and this guy just kept smoking during my set, like and aiming it at me. And I just remember being you motherfucker. Like I endangered my life and this fetus's life to come do shows. So I'm already done. But could you just not smoke for like 45 minutes while I'm right here? Couldn't you? And I remember being really angry, and it was hard to get through my set because I didn't want to. I joked with a guy about it, but then he kept doing it and no one did anything. No nope. one cared. So I was like, I just have to, you know, kind of act like I've it's chosen to have this child. If I, if I wanted to not have this child, then it'd be fine. But yeah. Right. You, but you I, were... just, I just thought if I'm, if I'm on stage and there's people, you know, six to eight feet away from me and they're not wearing a mask, you know, I, I just don't want to go through all those angry emotions. Like, if I'm going to be mad at you, I, it's because you heckled me, you know, and then I'll <laughs> right. I don't want to fucking be a police officer on stage. I want to get lost in my set and lost in the audience, in the, in the show, not yeah. have to be monitoring, monitoring people. And again, this weekend of all weekends, it seems like 
you know, California, it's so, everyone's so contagious right now. Like one of these articles I read is like, you know, you, you have much higher odds of getting COVID, doing the things you've been doing over the past six months where you haven't got COVID just because the amount of contagious people, you know, humming around the grocery store, et cetera, you know? We went to Target this morning at 7 a.m. to get milk and Christmas lights. Because it opened up at seven. We were one of 10 people in this oh, current. It was awesome. Yeah, I'm going to go late tonight to a grocery shop. Um, yeah, the pool. Now I'm now we really before I wasn't that mad at people that were taking chances, but now it's cutting into my swimming. Okay. They close the pool. Go again. ahead and take stand up comedy from me and possibly my job, but fuck, stay the fuck away from swimming. Now we used to be. That it could be two people in a lane and you swam on, uh, you know, opposite sides of the lane and you started and rested on opposite sides of the pool. So in theory, you're never more than six feet, you know, to uh, close to anybody. Right. So now it's one person per lane. So so the lines are going to be around the block to get in the fucking pool and they're going to have a time limit. You know, Jackie, how long do you swim? I don't, I, I can't ten. even, an hour? An hour and 10, an hour and five, depending on what my workout is. And now okay. I'm going to have to sh- shove it all into 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, my condolences uh, for your loss. Thank but the you. the thing is, is um, I, I, I can't even picture, like how wide are the, you must know exactly. So do you open your eyes underwater? Let's talk about this. What? <laughs> How, how do you not bump into the person? My eyes are open. No one swims with their eyes closed. I do. I, I do. I never swim. But oh, when I do, I swim with my eyes closed because yeah. I have an unsubstantiated theory that water will get into my brain through my eyes and then my head will explode. It's unsubstantiated but, because that's not the way your body works. <laughs> it's unsubstantiated. So stop it. Well. <laughs> Put on a pair of goggles. You know, you're not, okay, you're not a swimmer. That's fine. I'm just saying like, oh, it's going to really suck you from tomorrow on. Right. And well, and so, um, like I, I, I had to get out of this house the other day. And so I just got in the car and drove around and I think it, I don't know what day it was, but it was the day before they shut down the, the outdoor dining again. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, and I didn't know that it was the day before they shut down the outdoor dining. And essentially I just, I went to a coffee shop over in Maria Bamford's neighborhood and she met me there and I was like, well, we'll both get coffees and then we'll stand six weeks, six feet away from each other and have a chat. Yeah. And, uh, but their back patio was open for the last day. And mm-hmm. so we sat eight feet away from each other and she shouted, uh, some of her book at me <laughs> and, uh, Cause I, cause uh, she's, uh, she's writing, you know, she's writing the, a new book and um, yes. Yeah. What's, what's it about? Is it a memoir? Yeah. It's one of those essay ones. Yeah. Okay. And um, so what she was talking about how she, cause you know, with stand up you get feedback, even if it's zoom feedback, you get feedback. Right. And I was like, well, just come on my zoom or anyone's zoom show and read 10 minutes of what you've written. Cause you're writing essays. How many, how long, will it take? And she read me one. And it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she felt better about the whole thing because <laughs> she got to do a thing. Right. Yeah. Like we all do. And yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And um, yeah, today's, you know what, you know, when you just, you get on stage and you're just like, and you didn't write a set list and you're doing 30 or 35 minutes and you're, you're like, I'm just going to do my favorite 35 minutes right now. And if I can think of what something that, that I don't want to do, I'll maybe do that. (laughs) Sometimes it's supposed to be fun too, you know, right. Or you, like if you're working on new stuff and it's not, it's not clicking, it is agony. And you're like, oh, I got to get this right. Because you maybe have one or two lines that work and you just need to fill it out a little bit. But it's, it's, when it's not clicking, it's really not fun and it's depressing. And especially if you did it yesterday and in between yesterday and today, you didn't think about it or think of anything new. You're like, oh, that fucking thing again. All right. Well, maybe I'll think of something on stage. But it, it's not fun, and it's, you know, the it, it, it's supposed to be fun. So, yeah. It's supposed to be fun, fun, which is why I just, that's why I was like, I was sitting there thinking about trying to write a set list, and I'm like, no, just try to get the fun back, because I was yeah. so bummed out about not not recording the thing. and Right. And then, and then just regrouping to try to be in quarantine again. And, um, yeah, not that I was ever out of quarantine, but it, I was thinking that, that we'd have our shit together, but, uh, the, but now I'm just like, okay, now, now we're hunkered down. We're hunkering down again. And, and now it's winter and there's not even my garden, you know, though we did put Andy put up the Christmas stuff, man. He loves, a, he thinks flamingo, pink flamingos are hilarious. And so we have a Christmas fl- flamingo in the yard. Sure. And I genuinely think that those blow up Christmas things are hilarious. Those blow up Christmas, those holiday I hate them. What? I hate them, but go ahead. Well, yeah, they're super, they're super tacky, but um, uh, we, we had a, a cat for a long time that the head would move. And now we just got a Snoopy on an airplane, <laughs> like oh a, God. like a Christmas Snoopy. If I was on a walk and I walked by your house, I would be so angry. Would you be angry? Yes. Um, yes. I walk. Yeah. I feel like it's just lights. It's like fucking light it up. Put a light everywhere you can. We also we also have that, that projector spinny thing. And so we have a spinny thing that says happy holidays that projects onto the side of the wall. It's mm-hmm. very nice. Oh, there'll be pictures on the Instagram. <laughs> um, yeah. You gotta cheer it up. Did you do any other sets besides the New York City one? I think I had sets earlier, uh, some flapper stuff. You know, yeah. I, um, I, so you do the car thing. What? Did no, you do no, the driving? I zoom stuff. Oh. Uh, I have so many voice memos like, you know, before. All right. I was like 1600 on listen to sets. Oh my God. So I don't what know. You, yeah, that's silent. I got. I mean, first of all, they're taking up, they're taking up a jillion gigabytes on my iCloud. So I got to get them down because I'm paying like $10 a month for terabytes or whatever. And it's, it's, it's shit that I don't know if I'm ever going to get around to, you know, but I want to keep it just in case. I don't know what, like, this is the ultimate, unless I was dying, this is the ultimate just in case. Cause I'm on hiatus and I can't leave the house. Like if I can't like sit down and listen to a hundred a day, what I'll never be able to. And this is, if I was dying, what was, what would be the point? I'm going to fix a joke at that point. (laughs) Yeah. Please fix a joke on your deck deathbed. That's what I want to, 
That's what I want on my on my gravestone. She fixed <laughs> jokes up till her last breath. Finally got it. Then she died. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, and then I started uh, listen. I don't know. There it was a very difficult Thanksgiving without my mom. You know that yeah. whole. It's like oh, all right. You know that that new stage of life. Yeah. But, uh, so what uh, did you do? Did you guys oh, zoom with? We had a big Zoom with a bunch of cousins, and it was like an hour or so, people just talking and interrupting and stuff like that. And uh, then I, I made, I got a little tiny turkey, and uh, and I made, and I put it in the oven, and mm-hmm. I cooked it for, I was a butterball, I followed the instructions, it turned out fine. Success. Thank you. And, um, and that was that. And then I started... Uh, Back go pre before my mom died, uh, I was listening, starting to listen to all the um, VHS tapes I had converted, like going back to '89 and just sort of logging them and trying to, you know, just trying to figure out, like, look, you know, I had some ideas about putting together old clips and stuff like that. So, but yeah. I, need to, I need to find things and and pay attention to them and write them down, you know. So I just started that back up again. And uh, I, at first I was like hard, hard in on like 1990 or something. And then I'm like, I can't listen to these jokes anymore. Cause I kept, I was, you know, sticking to a set list. And then if I'd have a new one, I'd shove it in, but it was like very repetitive, you know, and I had no crowd skills. So I wasn't, there's not even any crowd work to listen to too much. And (laughs) to break it up. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're um, just like, oh, I'm just running lines and I'm going to listen to the me run lines again. Great. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And then it went, jumped up to 2003 and and it's it's like week week ends at the comic strip and it's it's just so so different, you know, like you know that time in New York City and the crowd is like bananas. They're great, but they they're great, but they're the comic strip crowd so they can they can lose it like if you don't control them at all times yeah they were wild go over, go above your head right so you so you're constantly getting that energy going but trying to get your, your stuff in the way you want to do it and i had like i had like seven like about seven minutes on rape and i was doing it again on friday and saturday night shows and then i guess by the time i did did my cd i had cut like half of them or sure. more than half. But but I was like, that was a good joke. Why did I drop that? And now, <laughs> but also it was of its time. And it's it's so it's so weird how like in 2003 there's really no social media. I don't even know there's not even MySpace at that point, right? Who, uh, my my social media history is at, at a lot. I don't think so. So you really were performing for that audience physically in front of you. And that's it. There wasn't like yeah. a mind of, oh, this will go online or. It, oh, it, no. Yeah, that wasn't happening. And, and you were recording it, but you were the only one who was. Right, recording. right, right, right. So there. So, it, it, you know, I, it's just interesting to go, oh, that my whole world was me. And so and. Uh, all happening. Yeah, but I'm also conscious of other people in a way I wasn't before, right? Uh, and I was just riffing. I, I, I know, I know, I know, Jackie. You have a disease. Get through right here. Must interrupt a genuine thought. Just trying to be part of the show. Just trying to be part of the show. You do whatever you need to do. Yeah, go ahead. And uh, and and so uh, it was just like, oh, that's yeah, that's how he was back then. 
time. I didn't have a kid. I was climbing up the New York City ladder. I had just gotten hired at Tough Crowd. So I was like, you know, just trying to survive and not get fired and be the like the most badass female comic in New York City and be, be, be rape, 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 rape and all this stuff. And uh, I was like, yeah, I remember that. And it, and it worked, you know. It worked for that time. And, I do uh, like the claws. This is mm-hmm. nice. The right? physical work. Ah, fucking claws. I remember the, the Booker's girlfriends who were getting more spots than me. Claw, claw, claw. <laughs> yeah. We got a claw, Jackie. I was there. I was in New York. I'd go to New York once a year um, from 90, I think. I would go. I would stay with my, my friend, Jenny Bergman, and I would try to get as many sets as possible. And I think in 93 or 90, by then I was in at the comic strip. Was I? No, it might have been 96. I remember seeing you, but I mean, I, but you know, maybe you didn't cross paths. Oh, I didn't move there till 99 or 98, I think, or 97. So, That's pretty, okay, never mind. Oh, so 2003 is what you're talking about, actually, right? Right. Mm-hmm. At the strip. Oh, I was definitely there because that was, I think it was after 96, I started going every year to uh, to New York. I tried to go for two weeks every year to try to remind everybody that I existed. I still want, I, that's was still the plan until lately. Yeah. And then, uh, but um, I remember just Lucian just sitting in that weird table and then, yeah. and then you'd go up and it was, I'd, I'd worked my ass to get into the comic strip and mm-hmm. it was always a shit show. You know, it was always like, like you were, like you were conducting an orchestra where people weren't paying attention. You're like, violins, I'm here. <laughs> more oboes, more oboes. And it was just like this kind of weird, you know, and I was like, why do I care this much? Except for that, you're like, cause you're in New York city working at a comedy club. That's why it's going to be glamorous. You're going to be the one. And then I remember one, one year, it was the year I met Baron Vaughn and we hung out and it was like, we were hanging out and hanging out. And they were like, well, you guys want to go to another bar after the, after the show. And I was like, can we do like a New York thing where we go to a diner? And, um, and we went to a diner and it was, <laughs> and it was super fun. I went with Baron Vaughn and a couple other comics. <laughs> And we had coffee and, and <laughs> eggs and pancakes, and it was delightful. Oh, man. It felt like a movie. It was awesome. I do feel like um, like my first year there was so hard, and I think it's – I don't know if it's right. now, but at that time, uh, New York was uh, very uh, – it was about New York City all the time. And all the comics lived in New York, and you, as soon as they stepped on stage, you knew they were New Yorkers. And they were part of you. Like, that was the audience sort of vibe I got, right? And I felt like as soon as I stepped on stage, when I, like, the first times I was there, they're like, oh, a tourist, right? Just like real New Yorkers are to real tourists. Like, they could tell the comics. So I, like, you had to, I, I felt like I had to have the New York smell on me. And it took a while to get that. Even just the way yeah, you, you went and rolled in garbage before you <laughs> went up. Cause that's what you had to do. You were just like, you have to know that I'm as tough as you sons of bitches. Yes. But and- it's, it's how you walk to the stage. You know, it's, it's all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it just took a while to get all that. And then I had a couple jokes about, you know, 
living in Harlem as a white woman, as you can imagine, Jackie, they were as original as it's you can a, imagine. That good. Wait, did you ever write a great joke about living in West Hollywood and there were gay people all around you? It's exactly <laughs> that premise. It, it is, totally. But here's the thing, they bought me credibility and then I could do what I wanted, right? Now I would, yep. I would, I, I don't feel like I need that now, maybe, uh, but maybe New York has changed too. Maybe no, I no, I, I think that now, now it's just a part, like it's part of the pie, you know, now, now you can just tap into it and go, oh, please. And cause you have, like, it's there, it's the, it's already, because you built that that you built that city on rock and roll. And so you can just pull that shit out whenever you need it. Hey, let's do a quick break if that's okay. And then come back. Does our podcast deep dive into the weirdest Wikipedia pages we can find? Yes. Do we learn about scam artists, remote islands, horrible mascots, beautiful diseases, and mythical monsters? Yes, 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 absolutely. And yes. Do we retain any of this knowledge? Yeah. Probably not. I'm Emily Heller. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. We make art and comedy and TV shows and also the podcast Baby Geniuses. For the past eight years, we've been trying to learn new things about the world and each other every episode. But let's be honest, this podcast is mostly about two friends hanging out, shooting the breeze, and making each other laugh. We're horny, we like gardening and horses, and we get real stupid on here. But like, in a smart way. Yeah. Join us every other week on Maximum Fun. Baby Geniuses, tell us something we don't know. And, and then also, can we do Comic of the Week? Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I didn't write it down. God dang it. Yes. I'm the one who, I'm the one who saw her at Hot Tub. She was great. Yeah, no. <laughs> Steph T- uh, Tisdale. Steph Tisdale, uh, Hot Tub. She's from Australia. She's um, native uh, to... Uh, Aboriginal. Aboriginal. Yeah, and, um, and was really funny. It turns out, and yeah. all of those things. Steph Tisdale, you guys find her. Um, it's Steph Tisdale comedy. Tisdale, by the way, is T I S D E L L comedy, and that's her Instagram. S T E P H Tisdale with two L's comedy. She doesn't have a It'll be in the notes. It's- I respect any comic who doesn't have a Twitter. That is someone's doing something right. Um- <laughs> so. Yeah, nostalgic about those those New York things, and then you'd I I would run or I would do Gotham, and it yeah. was that long, and you'd the, go in and the room the old Gotham, right? Not the new one. I think uh, is the new one the one he was so psyched about that that uh, that restaurant that he opened. That's the new Gotham. Yeah, it's the giant one. The little Gotham was on Twenty Second Street. It was right. And it was it was sweet. Oh my God, it was so good. It you, was the size of a closet. It was you like the house of New York City. You could not not kill. It was so yeah. good. It was almost impossible not to do really well in that room just yeah. because of the, the vibe. The, the the other one is a little more airport line. Gigantic. I mean, yeah. it's, it's so much, it's, it's, they're like one street apart, but the the physical dimensions of the club are so important. Yeah. Um, you know, although you can cram, I'm sure when it's packed, you know, I, I don't pack it out there. Not that I've been there in a long time, you know, it's great. But uh, the little Gotham was like, when, when that thing was full and it didn't take much to fill it. Yep. Oh my God. There were so many, they used to do so much bringer business, you know, where they get like, you know, a comic would have to bring 10 people to a show they all have to, you know, spend they or they're gonna spend fifty bucks each. That's the yeah. bringer scam that kind yeah. of we all live it's the worst. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh so Gotham is such a good room that 
I think a lot of people uh, were given false confidence and w- embarked on comedy careers because their their bringer shows were so good, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, we'll see when it all shakes out. I mean, the cool thing about how, how you know, we're heading into this is going to be a real shitty, shitty couple months now, but we have an out. There are vaccines coming now. You know, they're they're going to be giving them to healthcare workers first and then old people. And then we, Good. you know, then it stops uh, spreading and it starts getting smaller and smaller. And then it's, you know, almost gone and we can all resume whatever lives we might have. Right, left. the terrible life choices that we wish to make in rooms with other people. How, um, how are you going to, there's a couple of comics where I'm just going to, you know, I know how badly they've behaved. I don't mean the rapist. I just mean like, you know. Right. I was like, wait, what are they doing? Doing indoor shows and all that. Just like, you oh. know. Ugh. Yeah. I liked when I didn't know much about my fellow comics. That was, those were the days. Like when you just showed up and you did your shows. Yes. It was before we did this podcast, because now everybody wants to tell us everything. They're like narcoleptics. They're just a bunch of, they're all suffering from narcolepsy. Uh, I am, I'm using that word incorrectly on purpose. You are, and I didn't want to call you on it. I was going to I was doing it for comedic effect, it turns out. Allow me to write down that as a possible name of the show. Comedic (laughs) effect. Anyway, um, so I'm reading a book uh, because I'm hosting a, a reading um, of Tess Rafferty's new book. Oh, cool. Under the Tuscan gun. It's a, it's a mystery and it's set in Italy and it's called under the fucking Tuscan gun, which is an awesome name. That's great. If you want to write, it's it's a novel. Oh my God. So I started it and there are comics in it stand-up comics and I was so infuriated but I'm like but it but it is actually it's really well written it's you know yeah. here's the here's the thing it's like it's like that other uh, fiction that I read the stand-up is that comics are just really good writers I yeah. mean I think if we just say the words out loud it turns out we can hear what will work and what will not mm-hmm. and so if you read your I like it it makes me think that if and when I were to write a novel I uh, could do it. I would just have to, uh, it turns out, do it. But I'm psyched for Tess Rafferty. She has written a novel and it's called Under the Tuscan Gun and you should, everyone should get it. And it's so funny because she mentions what the, the main character has done stand-up in a laundromat. And that used to be that gig <laughs> for years. Had that goof, it was a Lucy's laundromat, very glamorous laundromat. I don't know if you've been to the Lucy's, but it always has a Subway and a Starbucks. And then it has a bunch of uh, washers and dryers and then good TV. And if you could make anybody pay attention to any joke that you were talking about was a success because most of the people there, English, not their first language, and they're trying to get their laundry done. Um, I, I've done a different laundromat, but that oh, was, original. was that the first yeah, that was the first. It was sort of the biggest one, too, because they, they ended up bringing chairs and everything, and there'd be like 13 to 25 people there. Amazing. That gig was infamous uh, for us comics who didn't live in L.A. of what L.A. comedy was like, and it really <laughs> kept a lot of people from moving to L.A. for uh, like an extra five years. Well, then it did its job, didn't yeah. it? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> 
I'm also doing some weird panel for the Boston Comedy Fest. Remember, I thought it was the Women in Comedy Festival from Boston? Mm-hmm. It isn't. It's the Boston Comedy Fest that Flappers has helped run this oh, year. Oh, I'm doing something with them, too. Oh, yeah, that's next weekend, too. Ooh. Yeah, mine's, I think I'm doing a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Is uh, doing a... Um, just doing some, I forget what the panel's about. And then I have a corporate this week for um, that my agent got me, a Zoom corporate. Mm-hmm. And and that weird corporate contract that I sent you, that contract. So Okay. So right. that's the one? That's the corporate you're doing? No, no, I'm not doing that one. That guy. So this guy. So this that was guy, unbelievable. It, it was. It was literally run. You know, it's the guy's a comic, I guess. I don't know him, uh, but he's a comic and he and he's always always a red flag. It's a freaking flag factory. The guy was like on fire. Uh, I was like, so, you know, I very nice comic told me that she recommended me to this guy and he had a bunch of them and they paid pretty good. And they you only had to do five or 10 minute sets. And I was like, okay, um, all right. And then we talked on the phone and he, the way he put the gigs, he said, you'll make between, it'll be five or 10 minute sets and you'll make between $2,000 and $200. He started with 2000 and didn't go up. He went exactly. To- he wow. started from the wrong end. Be and- aware. You are about to get pickpocketed. Right. You were about to get taken for a fucking buggy ride right. by some banana head. And so I was like, why did you put it like that? And so we started out on the wrong, like, you know, this is like when, when, when I first started doing the road and you'd talk to the booker who had a pile of weirdo one nighters. Mm -hmm. And if you, and if it sounded a little dodgy, you know, when the the booker would be like, so it's a two an hour, two and a half hour drive. It's easy drive. It's right there. Everyone's going to be there. It was always four hours. Yeah. And it's always like, you're going to be there anyway. The gig doesn't start till Wednesday. This is a Tuesday, you know? Yeah. Like you're, 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 you're lying. And it's just, you're like, and lying for no reason. I'm already, I want to do your shitty weird gigs. (laughs) And then, and then I got the contract and it was six pages. For this corporate, yeah. For this corporate that, by the way, 2000 to $200 for five yeah. to 10 minutes, he offered me 150 for the first one. God damn. That wasn't in his range. I don't understand that. And what? I thought about asking him about it, and I was like, oh, it must be like the first gig thing. Because that was that's always the other thing that Booker always says. This is just the first one. First one's going to be a little light. And then afterwards, you're just going to be racking in a lot of cash. Why? It's the first one he hired you for. It's not your first time doing stand-up. Why Why does he get to make more money the first time he hires you and then uh, less money the rest of the times? Uh, because he's a weird guy who doesn't work from a place of abundance. Or <laughs> to put yeah. it in a I more simple way. working from a place of abundance. His. Right. Well, it's just, it's one of these, it's like this phony one-nighter attitude. It's the worst phony one-nighter attitude. I feel like a catcher in the rye guy. He's a phony, man. He's just a phony. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's a nicer way of what I could put. I, I really want to put it more harshly, but maybe he listens to the show. But I guess I'm not working for him because not only when I, when I questioned the six-pager, he sends me this thing back saying, well, just tell me the words that you that you want to use. And I'm like, dude, I didn't get my law degree. 
And if I have to, I didn't say this, but I was like, if I have to hire a lawyer, it's going to cost me $500 to $2,000. Why don't you keep me in mind when you have a gig for me that'll pay the lawyer? Any, and, any gig that any contract that has the word in perpetuity or per, perpetuity. Perpetuity, perpetuity, perpetuity and universe in the contract, yeah. you need to be making at least $10,000. I was so mad that it had that. I was like, you're c- c- killing me and uh, and it's not enough money. And then we, so I brought it to one of the threads that we're in mm-hmm. and we find out that, that some people are making okay money at it and got it from a male comic who you know is making double what our, our female comic friend is. Right. And I just want to go, why is like the one-nighter, the fluidity of the one-nighter is one of my least favorite things. It should not be. Oh, what it pays? Yeah. yeah. It should be the same whether you are a boy person, a girl person, or a they, them person. Uh, it should just be, you've hired a comic. Fucking pay the comic unless they're famous, unless there's credits. Wait, that- I mean, cre- credits I can see, but the two people that you're talking about in the thread, they aren't so different credit-wise. No, and one of them, and the guy is old credits. Yeah. They're okay credits, but they're old. Right. He yeah. was a big deal 10 years ago. And that and he's a great comic. He's a good comic. Everybody's on board. And now Kyle will want to know who we're talking about. Yeah. So um I was also just trying to figure out an evening at the improv joke for old credits. <laughs> hey, that's a good credit, Kyle. <laughs> new comics. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's exactly who I thought it would be. <laughs> and that's fine. And a, a good comic and deserves good yeah. money. But so does our friend who has a newer big credit. Very big. Yeah. And our other friend who has same steady credits as forever and also has newer credits. And um, I'm just saying that yeah. all, all of the people at that level are at that level. Right, 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 right. And, yeah. and it isn't the first time any of them have done stand-up. So they all deserve at least $200. Right. So... But it's not, no, but I'm doing a corporate that my agent booked where wow. I'm making good money. Actual Can you type real, yeah, okay. yeah, just normal. You know, I'm doing a half an hour for insurance people. And it, do you have to, hey, that's fine. Yeah. And, and that's do fair. You to, do you um, crowd work or you just do your act? I, th- uh, I think that they were hoping I did something, but then they didn't send me anybody's, like, I don't know Jim from accounting. Like, they haven't sent me anyone's name to, um, but I can do my uh, non-patented uh, Zoom banter. Uh, <laughs> my Zoom banter is adorable. Sure. It remains what it is. And, you know, sometimes I just like to yell out somebody's, because everybody's name is there. And you're like, well, hello, Jeff Whiteley. What, uh, you know, uh, that was somebody's name. His last name was Whiteley. I can't remember if it was his first name. But um, but I name people and other, like, today's, you know, I hung out, we hang out for like 10 minutes after the Sunday services shows. Mm-hmm. And I, I get to see people's pets. And I forgot that one of, uh, this woman who comes every week, whose name doesn't need to be said, uh, I though I'm sure she wouldn't care. Uh, she's ferrets. And so she brought three ferrets into the thing. And I was like, holy shit, ferrets. Oh. And she was handling them very loosey-goosey. And huh. yeah. Anyway, uh, let's do second spot. Yeah. 
Judge John Hodgman won a Webby in the comedy podcast category. After 10 years of production, Judge John Hodgman has finally won the Susan Lucci of the Webbies. What is Judge John Hodgman? Comedy writer and television personality John Hodgman settles disputes between friends, family, co-workers, partners, and more. Is Machine Gun a robot? Should a grown adult tell his parents about his tattoos? Should a family be compelled to wear matching outfits on vacation? Listen to Judge John Hodgman to find out the answers to these age-old disputes and more. If you haven't listened to Judge John Hodgman, now is a great time to start. Judge John Hodgman is available on MaximumFun.org and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I had a terrible oven situation yesterday. Oh, I saw that. So I had a silicon baking sheet. Now, what's that say to you? You can bake on it, right? Wait, it was silicon? I, I thought it was plastic. No, no, it was plastic. It's it, a, it was silicon plastic. Right, right. Well, Live and yeah, learn. Right. So I made some cookies. Inspired by Green Chef because I made a couple of meals this week. <laughs> I made some yeah. cookies. And I put some of them on this red sheet. Where'd you get the red sheet? I it's it was in it came with the oven many years ago. I don't know. I don't I don't remember buying it, but you know that's like a lot of things in my kitchen. I don't know how <laughs> they got there, and I don't know what they're for. Right. So, but it looked like a it looked like a silicone cookie sheet. Yes. Okay. And it was, only, it was it three hundred seventy five degrees. That's not super hot. And then it, and if I, it's not silicone, it, 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 it doesn't smell good. And I pull open the oven and the whole sheet is melted oh, and it's no. red. So it just looks like, yeah. like cinema blood all <laughs> over the oven. And, uh, then that, that was just, uh, a night of my whole night was ruined because the house smelled horrible there. I, I, there's like plastics in the air. I have all the purifiers. I brought them all in. You know? <laughs> And uh, I put them on blast, and uh, then I had to self-clean the oven, which I've never done before, and uh, yeah. it was a lot. I'm so sorry. It looked grim. You sh- there was a picture on Twitter, and I was like, did she just, like, because maybe something was delivered, like you were given cookies, and it came on that sheet, and then you, it, it's the same size as a cookie sheet, and it might, it looked like silicone, but it wasn't. And I put a chick, I made chicken stock, and I took some of the hot chicken stock and I put it in an old cashew nut and it just, it dissolved the the packaging and just chicken broth everywhere. Immediately? And, or it, it dissolved it immediately? Oh yeah, it just melted the fuck out of that. I mean, cause the thing is, is you need to have, it. you make chicken stock, it cools a little bit, but it's still pretty warm. And then you pour it into various Tupperwares, like what you've ordered chicken, you know, Chinese soup in that, you know, it's thick enough, but I thought this was a good size, but it just held cashews. And it turns out it is not thick enough plastic. And it it literally dissolved. And I lost like, quite honestly, uh, two pints of chicken broth, which was my greatest sadness. And then I, of course I had to clean up the entire kitchen, which was also a devastation. Yeah. It went on your cool floor. I my cool floor, but my cool floor was psyched to get any sort of uh, cleanliness at all. They're like, "Oh, good, why don't you clean that floor?" <laughs> so <laughs> we we don't live in squalor, but sometimes I think we live in squalor. I'm like, I, I need to clean. I really, 
I am realizing how much cleaning my mom did. Yeah. Because, uh, it's how much cleaning did your mom do? The bathroom constantly. Okay. And it that was a I gift. Noticing things, I'm like, oh, I should, I should wash, scrub that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not what I like to do. Right. Yep. I, uh, so Andy, um, so on my vision board, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you a thing. How many, where are we at? We are at 46. Okay. Plenty of time. So, uh, Andy said to me last week, he said, cause do you want a dog? And I said, since I was four. And so we're going to get a dog. Whoa. How are you going to get one? Hey, the pound. We're just going to go to the pound and, and we're not going to call it a rescue. I think we're just going to call it a pound dog. Though we might call it a rescue. Who knows? I may, I may become a caricature of my own act and then start buying dialysis for my, for my dog. Um, now that my dog is older, I can call her a rescue. She looks like she was rescued. <laughs> just to get people off my ass. You know, Tom, Tom Clark has that, uh, that t-shirt that he sells, I think it says my wife rescued me or who rescued you or yeah. some sort of, um, Oh, I'm a rescue. That's it. Yeah. yeah. He was a joke about his wife rescuing. And, um, so, but I was crying when Andy yeah. said that we were going to get a dog because uh, he's always had dogs. Yeah. And he, uh, and he is, this is the year for, you know, eight months ago would have been when we should have got a dog, but I'm going to be home for another six months. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so Andy goes, you didn't even cry when I asked you to marry me. <laughs> and I said, not in front of you. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I, I cried for the same reason, which is I, I have this, uh, you know, the same insecurity that everyone has that I'm going to break it. I'm going to fuck it up somehow. And, um, and so I'm, uh, I'm very nervous about, uh, Cause I don't want it. Cause Andy, you know, it doesn't, it shouldn't be his burden. I want the dog. Right. So I should be the one to take care of the dog. And, um, but I, 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 I hope I don't let him down or the dog down. <laughs> You'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. 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 I'm a responsible adult. It'll be fine. I'll get a dog. Um, did you, did you watch Chappelle's, uh, Unforgiven? Not on a dare. No. Uh, so I'm good. I see so much. I, it wasn't really stand up though. It was Tim talking. Him. I'm I'm pro anyone slagging Comedy Central. So I'm already <laughs> on board when I heard the premise. Wait, I think I heard, I saw the Instagram clip. Yeah. So so he. I didn't. I mean, I shouldn't be shocked. He's not getting paid for any of the Chappelle shows that are airing on streaming media. Right? Oh, it was a buyout. One it was a complete buyout. People. What? Pardon? It must have been a buyout. He doesn't get any residuals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially back then, because that was a right right around the time Tough Crowd was on the air, and that it wasn't even Writers Guild. You know, it wasn't. It was all you know, Viacom, independent contractor, all this kind of shit. It was just yeah. them doing as they do. And uh, so, how many seasons of Chappelle's show? What, what were there? I think there were two and a half or three. I think. Oh, was it three? Is, which one did he leave? The last season, I believe, the third season. Okay, yeah. So, um, 
So it's it's funny because you know he's incredibly wealthy now, but he's still pissed. Like sure. he never stopped feeling ripped off when <laughs> right pay for something that was great, you know. And uh, it, it was, you know, I never saw a lot it. Of different takes about you know because of you know kind of the comic he is now and the you know the things he complains about now. But um, I don't know. I just I I. Well, you found it fascinating. I did. I mean, I, you know, like you never stop being resentful of that shit. <laughs> right, right. I still, I, one time I, I sold all my baseball cards and the guy took me for a buggy ride because I had a rookie card of Cal Ripken. And, uh, and, and I, he gave me 50 bucks for all of the cards. I'm still mad, turns out, even though I don't care. I shouldn't uh-huh. care. And, and, it, and it's not something I wrote or created or it was my baby, you know, much but uh you know i never saw the Chappelle show i would i've seen clips of because i'm wrong about sketch comedy i mean sketch comedy done right is amazing it is. i can't but i like i never watched bob and dave odenkirk and david crop i watched it later i didn't watch it when it aired but again in our defense we were out every night you know and unless you had a you pay for cable and had a vh and had a vcr you didn't watch it i didn't watch friends ever ever I watched it when they were showing it at three o'clock in the afternoon. When uh-huh. I was on the road, there was like the reruns. I was like, I was oh, I'll watch Oprah this. at that point. Oh, oh Oprah nice. was at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Sort of That's walking. true. That's right. It was, uh, was it two hours, Oprah? No, it was an hour. It was either three or four, depending on the market. But uh, well, it I always hour. felt like two hours. So it was, uh, it's how much you learned. It was, it was me. It was just such a learning experience. Oh my God. <laughs> Stick a pen in my eye. Um, I, it wasn't for me, but uh, I know that people loved it, but I, I, I wish, I know that, that like when I moved here to Los Angeles and people were like, you don't watch Odin, Kurt, the Bob and Dave, you know? And I was like, well, if they put me on it, like the way that they did Paul F. Tompkins and Karen Kilgare, if I if I got to work on it, I completely would have watched it and been super supportive of it. Would you have? But what would I have? Would you have uh, watched it? You know what? I, I've never seen my episode of Lady Dynamite. <laughs> oh my god! You... Somebody sent me a, a a still. I've seen that. <laughs> I will watch the Lord of the Rings if they put me in it. If Peter Jackson were to put me in it, I would watch it. Remember Sue, Sue Murphy. I remember I, I, I hung out with Sue Murphy for about a year one time. And uh, she was living down in LA. Yeah. And she was, and it was super fun. But she um, sold a house in San Francisco. She sold that house. He did. Yeah, but and she sold it, I thought, in the late 90s or early 2000s. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, oh. Um, she had such a great bit about it that I remember Laura Keitlinger losing her shit. <laughs> she thought it was true. And um, it was about having feral cats pooping all over her yard in, in the Bay Area, wherever her house was. Yeah. And how she went to the to the pound or the dog catcher or somebody and said, Hey, I got to get rid of these cats. They're, they're shitting all over my yard. And, um, the, the, they were, they were like fixed nation. They were like, here's the thing. If you catch those cats, bring them to us. Uh, we'll give you $5 a cat. We'll fix the cat. And then you put them, you'll release them back on your land. And she was like, how about this? I catch the cats. I give you $5 a cat and you sew up their buttholes. (laughs) And, um, 
Laura Gettlinger was like, that is the meanest thing. And Steve Murphy was like, not true. None of it true. Not happening in real life. What's happening to me? Um, but she, uh, there was there was something. Oh, uh, that she had never watched her own half hour special on Comedy Central. She couldn't oh. do it. She couldn't watch her own stand-up on television. You know what? Like, People that can watch themselves do have better careers. I'm not saying they're better comics, but they have better careers. That's just a little note to you youngsters out there. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't stand to watch yourself for some reason. Maybe you can't stand to pitch yourself. Maybe you can't stand other things that you need to be doing to put yourself out front. And, it, and, and to learn from it. Yeah, to learn from it. Uh, you know, that too. Uh, yeah, I guess so. But it's it's but, it's more of a thing of, I, I think it's like a personality thing. If, if you're really good at watching yourself, you're really good at pitching yourself and believing in yourself and putting your name on things. And the people that aren't, you know, I mean, you're probably a better comic, but it's not going to, you know, if you can change your personality now, hurry. <laughs> <laughs> well, while everything's down, change your personality immediately. Hilarious. I will say I watched part of Suze. I remember watching it and going, "It this does not represent her because uh, she, uh, not that any Comedy Central set represents anyone great, but, um, or any TV set. It's just too distance, but uh, the feeling of watching her murder at the punchline, you can't, yeah. beat, you can't beat it. And the city yeah. she lived in was from, was comedically raised in, and, and so doing local stuff, and then her other bits that were, again, like I, I've said it before, she had some Star Trek bit that was like 15 minutes long, and no one did long chunks on things, and no, hardly any women did. She Most had a 15-minute Star Trek just Yes, That's Jackie. Awesome. Oh, I think it's on her special too. Okay. She, she, she very, uh, as soon as she, like, she was part of a team who, I forget who she was with. She, she was with an improv That's guy. Weird. Really? Team comedy? What? Two people talking? Like Sklar Brothers or Andy Kindler? What are you used to groups, Great groups and um, Michael McShane were one group and Sue Murphy and uh, I forget. That's, I remember, this was a San Francisco thing. Yeah, well, very, very popular to have some sort of weird duos. Well, I That's think it was right. just two, but that is pretty popular for duos. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a lot. It does feel like a lot. But she got a ton of stage time by being in a duo. So she, when she broke off on her own, she kind of got to skip that awkward decade <laughs> that many of us have where you're just like learning to look people in the eye in the audience without shitting yourself. And, yeah. and uh, so when she broke off and, and was her own thing, she was so strong, so fast. And in fact, she was able to buy a house in San Francisco, you know? Her stage Man. presence was amazing. Just this laid back, just lobbing like grenades. Yes, at the so cool. It was, like, yes. it was a delight to watch her work. Not, not desperate, not eager, you know? No, which is why she got to do the, the early Largo stuff. And and because that's where I was, I I worked with her at Acme. I featured for her. No, I think I emceed. This was early nineties. And, oh, and, yeah. and everybody, Everybody at Acme, even if they were featuring you, you would also do MC slots so that you could work at home. Right. And right. even when you were headlining and still living in Minneapolis, you would still do feature spots and MC spots. And it was just, 
I remember this is tangential, but uh, the first time I headlined Knuckleheads at the Mall of America, um, uh, Rich Miller booking it, he had Isaac Witte MC and Chad Daniels feature. Oh my God. And I was like, Oh hey, fucking monsters. What? And so when I got on stage, I looked at the audience and I was like, we're just going to try to keep it here, people. There's not going to be a lot of this. What? Just, he just stabbed you in the back with that lineup. You know that. that oh, was completely. That was, it was literally sabotage. But I loved it. Because who doesn't, I want to follow. Well, it's sabotage because you're following great joke writers. Yeah, That's yeah. Sabotage. It's, it's what's worse is one time I had to follow, it might have been an acne, a magician whose clothes are like, I can never hear the closer because I was in the back. But I was yeah. like, what's happening out there? And I once I ran and, and watched and he was pulling cards out of his ass. And I'm like, what the fuck am I following? Are you serious? I'm going up after cards out of a guy's ass. Derek Hughes. Yes. We're following. And, and Derek he was Hughes. That's because he's a Minneapolis comic and he, and he's, he, he's still, he, he's kind of a famous, uh, he's a famous magician now, but he also just does straight stand up without any magic at all because mm-hmm. he's a really good joke writer. But uh, that, that fucking card up is, I remember when I first time I saw that, I went up to him and I was like, Hey Derek, does that mean that you have cards up your ass for your entire set? <laughs> and he's like, stop talking to me. <laughs> and uh but i never reveals his ass tricks and i have to tell you that up close magic makes me so happy because i'm just like fucking find the thing from my nose again find the find the hide the ear thing where where is it and he's just like that's because you're watching this jackie you're not watching this this one's doing everything you're watching me do this and then all of a sudden money and all i know uh, is i'm backstage i'm next and this people are screaming and i can't hear the joke and then i'm like oh there wasn't one that's why oh but it was magic it was sort of like when uh doug stanhope closed his set by jerking off using a a, the beer bottle remember that closer that stanhope had during the 90s yes no one could follow it he did this porn store story and then he had a beer bottle and then it, he closed by spraying the beer all over his face he did and that it, as a feature yes oh and an no, <laughs> such an and it essentially it moved him to headliner in like three of months course. because no one could fucking follow it of course oh my god that's great <laughs> we're done right oh absolutely okay MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.